listening to C3 Church Vancouver podcast. We know you'll be blessed by this message. Um, so a few a few weeks ago, I spoke uh, on uh, the breath of God and just a few different ways that the breath of God uh, outworked in our life. And in one of them, I talked a little bit about resurrection, and I said the resurrection, the resurrections have scars. That when things are resurrected, you see the, the the scars of the death that were before. And Thomas said to Jesus, "Look, let me let me see your scars, and then I'll know, then I'll believe that you are who you are. That you're not uh, you're not a ghost. You're not a figment of my imagination. But you're actually Jesus." who rose again from the dead and is here amongst us. So it took something. So it got me just thinking a little bit more about um, scars in our lives. And really, scars are just wounds that have healed. And, and as I looked it up, they're part of the natural healing process. So we, we get hurt, we heal, and that healing leaves a scar. It leaves a mark. It leaves something... Uh, from what was, but what isn't anymore. And we can get scars for all different reasons. We can get scars from falls. We can get scars from accidents. We can get scars from cuts. We can get scars from burns. We can get scars from others. We can, this is mainly me, we can get scars from self-inflicted injuries. And I'm sure we could all look at our bodies and point out scars and go, oh yeah, this was from... This is what. But even with self-inflicted and all these, it's kind of this thing where humanity, with humanity where it's, uh, you, should, you get what you deserve. Right? You were mucking around on the wall and you fell off and you hurt yourself. You get what you deserve. You were trying to juggle knives and you chopped off a thumb. You get what you deserve. You know, that's the kind of thing. You know, mums are, are great at this, especially mine. Mine would always say, you know, it's very Australian. Uh, you have to suffer in your jocks, right? You got yourself in this situation. You're, you have to suffer through it till the end. I don't care. It's all on you. You know, that kind of... That kind of it, it, was that just my mum? <laughs> your mum's actually cared about you? What? Oh, no, just kidding. No, my mum did care about me very much. I love your mum, if you listen to this. Uh, but so there's always this thing. There's always this, you know. You it's it's got to be fair. You know, we have we have court systems where you know if you do the crime, you do the time. You know, it's all about you know it's fair and it's you know justice and whatever. But you know, God isn't God doesn't really offer justice like that. He offers just justification. And when we get into something. He says, you know what, I'm going to justify you. Or in other words, it's like just as if, just as if you hadn't done that. So even though we get into ourselves into a mess most of the time, God's not in the whole you get what you deserve category. He's in the I'm going to overlook a lot category. And in James 1, it says this, that he will overwhelm your faith failures with his generous grace. He's constantly looking to, to overlook, to say, I, I understand what you've done. I understand where you're at, but let me show you who I am and where I can take you. 
So the first little part of my, of, you know, point number one here really is scars show that we are followers. You see, scars of our past don't disqualify us. They prove that we can overcome. In 1 John 5, it says, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You see, we can, our scars just show that even though we got ourselves in a mess, that God got us out of a mess. That even though we got ourselves into situations that should pull us in one direction, God reached down, picked us up, set us on the right path, said it's going to be okay, and set us off again. You know, uh, Paul said this. Paul wrote in Galatians 6.17, he's saying, don't trouble me with all these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. You see, the scars show that, that we are normal, that we're human, that we do make mistakes, that we do get ourselves into situations that aren't great, but that God is so overwhelming with us, with his generous grace, that we can move on past it. Paul said, I've been beaten, lashed, stoned, and not the sea kind, beaten, lashed, stoned, shipwrecked, adrift, in danger, faced hardships, hunger, thirst, and cold. And we can all look at our lives and say, well, there's, you know, if we take them as metaphors, there's all been times where we've gone through things, where we feel like we've been beaten. We feel like we've gone into an argument and we've just been lashed. We've been shipwrecked. We've been adrift, in danger. All these, all these different things. But scars leave us with tri- with storm stories, some of triumph. See, I've got this great scar on my, on just on the outside of my knee here, that's truly tri- triumph. We were playing a game of football, and I scored an amazing try. But in doing that, I slid over the top top of some glass, and I cut my leg. But great story of triumph. But I've got a scar that shows my sporting prowess. <laughs> Not really. Uh, you know, the scars of tra- tragedy. I have another scar on my other leg that when I was, uh, I don't know, I was probably four, we lived uh, in a suburb in Australia called Beep Beacon Hill. Now, Beep Beacon Hill got its name because in Sydney, it's the highest point. And when the first fleet kind of guys arrived, they would go up to the top of this mountain and they would light a fire and they would send SIG signals all over Sid Sydney as a beacon to what's going on. So, I, you know, I say it's, it's the highest point in Sid Sydney, like it's some mountain. Okay, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's really nothing compared to what's out the window there. But Sydney's, Sydney's very flat. But this bump is the highest bump uh, in all of Sydney, and we lived uh, near the top of that bump, and when I was three and three, probably four, uh, I had myself a little, a little trike, a little, little bike thing, and we'd just returned from holidays, and we'd all take, taken our bikes, it was a great, it was a great little trip, and, and my dad got uh, the bike out of the car, and he, he set it down, but our driveway, because we lived on a, a giant hill, was very much a giant hill as well. So, you know, we lived on a hill on a hill and uh, he set down my bike and I thought, all right, let's, uh, let's go again. And unfortunately, instead of uh, going to the left, which was flat, I just kind of kept going straight, uh, straight down the dry driveway. Um, unfortunately, though, that uh, left was flat and then left again 
was continuing down the driveway to avoid the giant cliff that was like the edge of our driveway. But I thought to myself, I'll just keep going straight and straight again. And then I went straight off, straight off the cliff. No joke, uh, it would probably be like going from the top of this screen. I believe I can fly. Anyway. Uh, but on the way past, we had these metal uh, spikes, you know, that they put in uh, concrete, and that just ripped open my leg. So it was a trail of me flying and down, anyway. But I've got a scar that shows that white men can't fly. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I tried. I failed. You know, scars leave us with stories of hard-fought victories. You know, you see all these old, like, war movies and battle movies where they sit around the fire and they talk about, you know, oh, yeah, this was from when I killed them and this was when I did this. But our scars leave us with stories. They show us moments that we have passed through of, of old wounds that have healed that we have overcome. I love the story of J. Jacob in Genesis uh, 32. J. Jacob's one of my favourite characters in the Bible because he, he never had it all together. He was a bit of a mess all the time. He, he, he made wrong decisions all the time. He, you know, if it was a decision between going left and right, he'd always pick the wrong one. He, was, he always found himself in the worst situation at the worst time. You know, his family hated Everything went wrong for Jacob, yet God still used him because he constantly found himself going back to God and saying, God, okay, look, I, I need you. I need you more than anything else. I need you. You're, you're my hope in these situations. And in Genesis 32, it's the story of when he wrestles with an angel and, and it gets to daybreak in the, in the latter half of 32 here. And it says, and then he said, this is the angel, let me go for the day has broken. And you see, Jane Jacob was like a kind of a street firefighter. He didn't fight nice. He always, he fought dirty. He's the kind of guy who would bite you. You know, those kinds of guys, you're going to fight, you're worried that the guy's going to like, he's like the Mike Tyler. He's going to go for your ear. He's going to poke you in the eye. He's going to kick you in the shin. He's going to do all, he's going to hit you with a chair. He's going to do all the dirty things in a fight, the angel saying, you've got to let me go. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And he, and he said to him, what is your name? And he said, J Jacob. And then he said, your name shall no longer be called J Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men, and you have prevailed. You see, it was in this wrestling, it was in this struggle, it was in these moments that, that are going to leave him with a scar that God changed his name, that he, he, that he found his destiny in the midst of this battle. And it was his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Israel in Hebrew means, may God prevail, and he struggles with God. This is the original hashtag, the struggle is real, right here with Jacob. Paul wrote the same thing. Paul wrote, I forget what lies behind me, and I struggle for what is ahead. I've got to leave my past in my past, but I've got to struggle. But it's hard. It's not always easy. You know, this, this is why I have some little effect with the whole, you know, your best life thing that, that, that we like to promote. Because 
some, it's a struggle. It's not always your best. But the struggle, but the struggle is okay. Right? We can't get down on ourselves because we're in a struggle. Because here's Paul saying, I'm, str- I'm trying to forget my past and struggle forward. Why? Because his past was horrendous. His past is the complete opposite of the life he's now trying to live. But can you imagine doing, trying to do things for God, remembering what you had done against God in your life? You see, when, when, when Paul was on the road to Damascus and God changed his name from, from Saul to Paul and said, you know, forget the former things, let's go this way, it doesn't mean that his memories went with it. He still had to dwell and try and, remark, you know, and remember and go, oh man, I used to kill guys like you. Right? He stoned people. He executed people. He was in charge, you know. He would have, he would have, he would have berated people to no end in his younger days. In his younger, in his former life, he wasn't a nice guy. It wasn't like God looked amongst and picked the nicest, properest, prettiest person and said, that's how I'll use, that's who I'll use. He said, I'm going to use him and he's a total jerk, but I can redeem him and let's set him on this path. Come on. Hey, if you're a jerk, jerk here this morning, I'm telling you there's a hope for you. (laughs) That wasn't in the notes. That's like the Lord speaking through me this morning. Any names? Yeah, yeah. Hang on. He's speaking to me right now. If my hand stops at you, no, no. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You see, Jacob's scar became a story of where he found God. You see, Jacob, when, when Jacob had this moment, it wasn't the first time that he'd had a moment with God. But the first time he had his moment with God, he missed it completely. And he woke up and he said, man, I think God was here. But the second time that he found himself in this spot, he said, you know what? I know what's going on and I'm going to hold on until you give me what I want. I'm going to be, so I'm going to stay determined. I'm not going to let it go because we can find ourselves in the same spots that we've been before and think that, oh, this is just the circle I'm in. You know, I've let God down again because here I am again. But God's saying, no, I will just keep coming and finding you in that spot until you get determined in yourself to hold on to me and not let go until you get a hold of my black thing. Like, I think if, if Jacob didn't find it there, there would have been a third time where he would have found himself in a city. And he missed it again. I think there would have been a fourth time where he would have found himself again. You know, I love the story of Jonah and the whale. There's a great sentence in there where it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Because Jonah had blown it. Jonah had run the opposite direction. He'd gone, if God wanted him to go this way, he went as far that way as he can go. Yet God still found him and still said, okay, now let's get back to the purpose. Let me get you back on track. You haven't blown it. You haven't missed it. It's not over. It's not finished because I'll come a second time. I'll come a second time. Come on. Point number two is causes of scars need to be forgotten. Proverbs 5.22 says this, 
Beware of your sins, don't overtake you. And the scars of your own conscience become the ropes that tie you up. You see, God can forgive us and set us free, but we continually tie ourselves up and say, well, God, you can't use me because of what I've done. I can't possibly fulfill your purpose because of what I've done. And God's saying, don't let your conscience be the ropes that tie you up. In 2000, you you two put out a song that sums this up. And it says this, that you're stuck in a moment that you can't get out of. And that's so it, that, that we go through things that totally flip our world upside down. And the sad part is that you see people who get stuck in that moment for the rest of their lives. That they just can't get out of it. You know, they say, uh, I've got friends too who say, yeah, but you don't understand the church hurt me. You know, I was thinking about it and I thought this, the church crucified Jesus. It wasn't anyone outside. It was the actual church that came together and crucified Jesus, put him on a cross. And you know what he did? Even he got over it. Because the Bible says that he's coming back for his church. He didn't stay stuck in a moment. Well, mess, forget you guys. I almost said something else just then. Forget you. I'm going home to dad and I'm going to tell him to smite you all. (laughs) Keep looking up. Tell you what, if you see storm clouds, it's lightning. (laughs) It wasn't any of that. He got over it. And if he can get crucified and get over it, surely we can get upset because someone sat in our chair, we can get over it. Or we didn't get asked to do something. Or we got overlooked and we felt surely we can get over this and not get stuck in a moment that defines us for the rest of our lives. Matt just said before, forget the former things. Stop looking back. Stop going, oh, oh, maybe I should be back here. Okay, stop stop going back there. We've got to keep going on. God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past because I'm doing something new. You see, we constantly come up with reasons to try and disqualify ourselves. To put us, to remove ourselves from the picture. And God's saying, stop it. Stop looking back. Stop looking over your shoulder. Stop living in your past. You see, the greatest example of this is the thief on the cross. Because he was up there with Jesus with a horrendous past and all it took was... a a conversation with Jesus, and Jesus said, today I'll see you in paradise. Because in a moment, God forgets our past. He blots it out. It says down here, it's in just carrying on from that, Isaiah 43, 18, which is forget the former things. When you get into verse 25, it says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. You see, acknowledging, acknowledging your past keeps you ground grounded. So I'm not saying, just wipe, forget it, make sure it never, just believe it, just act like it never happened again. Because I believe we have to acknowledge our past to keep us ground grounded. But living in your past will keep you buried. You know, we we're even just talking on, in the car on the way over, like I listen to a lot of Christian music. And sometimes it drives me nuts because it's all, woe is me. I'm not worthy. 
Oh, you pick you, you know, I'm in despair. I'm in the thing. It's like, stop. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, we get it. Okay, we get it. The Bible says that we all fall short. So it's going to happen. You're not going to always live up to the highest standard that you can do. But we can't just stop there and keep going back to that place where it's, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. God's saying, no, 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 no. Come on, forget those things. I'm doing a new thing. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep moving forward. You see, every step forward is a step away from your past. And he's just calling He's calling you to come forward. Keep mo- Just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. You see, I'm not saying this is a license to sin. I'm not saying that you just keep, you can keep, you know, making mistakes and just go, oh, well, forget it, you know. If we keep doing that, it eventually affects the relationship. Like Matt, he's a great friend of mine. Uh, If I, if every time I saw him, the first time I walked up and I punched him in the nose, okay, he'd probably forgive me. I'd say, oh, sorry, Matt, total accident, that one. Don't know where that came from. Whoops. And then the next time I see him, right in the face again. Sorry, ground's a bit uneven. I must have tripped. All right, he'll probably forgive me again. And the next time, if I punch him in the face, he'll probably start to get a little ticked off with me. And I can keep saying, oh, look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But if I did that every single time, eventually it's going to affect our relationship. (laughs) I would think. You know, I may be wrong. You may be the greatest forgiver of life. Right? So over time, if we keep doing things that are going to offend God, eventually it's going to affect the relationship. But what I'm saying is that, that we just got to keep moving on, though. We can't, we can't just keep finding points and stopping. We can't get stuck in moments that we can't get out of. The Bible says that he stands at the door and he knocks, just waiting for us to come in. Just come on. He's not trying to say, well, you've just got to do it. There's no prerequisites. It's just, I'm knocking and just come in. Come in and we'll work it out. You see, God constantly reminds us or tells us to forget the past, but not to forget his promises. He tells us that his promise tells us all the time that that we are adopted into his family. That once we accept him, we move on and we can claim our inheritance. This is what I was thinking about inheritance, is that you can't remove yourself from an inheritance. You can't disqualify yourself from an inheritance. If you're, not, if you're not the one giving out the inheritance, you can't remove yourself from it. I can remove my kids from their inheritance, but they can't remove themselves from it. And that's why you find all these people find out, you know, my long-lost auntie, whatever, whatever, great-grandmother, you know, Beth Bethel died, and, I found, and now I have an inheritance that you didn't even know about. Because you can't remove yourself from it. You can't disqualify from it. Once it's set in place, it's coming to you in spite of you. And that's what God's saying. He's like, forget your past and step into the promises of my blessing and my inheritance that say we can get through this together. That you can forget what caused these scars. And you have scars that show that you're a follower, that show that you're normal, but together we can move on and do great things together. You know, as I... You know what, we're almost at the end here, but as 
and maybe the band might want to come up, but in Jesus' opening statement, in the moment that he said, okay, I'm here and I'm ready for action. And this is the moment that you've been waiting for. You know, in early miracles, he said, you know, this isn't my time. But, but when it was his time, he stood up and, he, and it says, when he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. When he made his declaration, it was this, I'm here to set people free. And we can be tied up in the ropes of our conscience. And, but he's saying, hey, I'm here to set you free. I'm here to untie those ropes that have entangled you. And maybe it's for days. Maybe it's for weeks. Maybe it's for years. Maybe it's since your childhood that there's things that have been wrapped around your life that have tied you up and stopped you from stepping into the destiny that God has for you. And I'm telling you with this opening declaration, which still stands firm today, He's here to set you free. He's here to untie those ropes. He's here to say, it's okay what you've gone through. But now let's walk together. You know, why don't we just stand up here this morning? Why don't we just turn our attention to him for a moment? Let's just have every eye closed across this place. And maybe you find yourself here this morning almost by accident not really understanding how you ended up in a church on a Sunday to hear some odd Australian guy speak. But maybe this morning is the day that you meet your Saviour. Maybe this morning is the morning that you find Jesus, that the things of your past can be untied, that walls of your past can be knocked down, that this morning, like I read before, he's standing at the door and he's knocking, just waiting for you to come through. And if that's you this morning, if you want to make that commitment, that acknowledgement that, yes, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to start a journey with you more. I want to see what can happen on the other side of this. If that's you this morning, with every eye closed here, why don't you just raise your hand as a little acknowledgement between you and Him that you're stepping into that this morning. That you're going to take a bold step and leave your past behind and see what can be new. So great. That's awesome. So maybe if I can talk to the rest of us 
Maybe this morning there's things that have been tying you up. That you think there's things in your past that you so want to be over. Well, I'm telling you this morning, he's here to set you free. He's here to say that your scars are okay, that the struggle is okay. But there's such a great future for you. There's such a great destiny for you on the other side. And maybe you've been stuck in a moment that you can't get out of. Well, this morning is the band, maybe I get the band to sing one more song. If that's you and you want to come forward for prayer, I'd love to pray with you this morning. I would love to see what God can do that what God can break open. I can't wait to hear the stories on the other side of this, of what changed in this moment. So God, we just welcome you into this place, God. We say, come. Break chains here this morning, God. Break yokes here this morning, God. God, don't let our past hinder us anymore. God, I pray that you will, you will untie ropes here this morning that no longer will be tied to our past, held back by our past, but we can push on, forgetting our past, but struggling ahead. Thanks for listening. For more information, join us online at c3b.ca. Of Christ.